Welcome this morning to another live uh, broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips. I came to allow you welcome to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. And we want to welcome you to our Prophetic Development School. This is Zadok Prophetic Leadership School. Thank you so much, Roderick, for connecting with us this morning. And many who are connecting with us this morning want to especially welcome you to our live broadcast this morning. Well, today we're going to continue to engage the Word of God in the place of training, development. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Dionne, for connecting also. And uh, many out there who will be connecting. I want to welcome everybody. Uh, let's feel relaxed to connect this morning. We believe the Lord to help us to look further into the emphasis that will allow us to spiritually develop, mature, and connect to the intentions of the Lord. Amen. For this brand new day. The Lord is speaking to us in a profound way, in a way that we have to present ourselves, amen, as students, as uh, our pulpits, if you will, as, you know, uh, um, those who want to grow, who want to learn, who want to mature in the things of the Spirit. And that's what we are looking for, that the attitude that we present to God in approaching His Word, amen, is very critical to how we receive Amen. From the things of the spirit. So we want to come this morning as students we want to come this morning as those who want to develop, who want to grow, who want to mature. Oh, thank you so much, my dear friend. Thank you, uh, Pastor Ruth, for connecting this morning. It's nice to have you join me this morning. I hope you're doing well with the family and the ministry. Thank you so much. Love you, my dear sister. All right. Uh, this morning, like I said, we are going to continue to track the heart of God. Heaven has been speaking to us regarding the nature of the days that we live in. And we said that for us to be able to move further, all right, into the days ahead, we need what is called a prophetic, you know, uh, uh, development. We need to be able to have insight into who we are, amen, into who God is, amen, and into the environment that we are called to function. Basically, this is what the prophetic is all about, okay? So we are not uh, focusing on just becoming a prophet as much as many of the things that we are talking about, we are releasing as materials, as resources. If you have been called into the prophetic ministry, it will help you, it will en enhance your, you know, spiritual growth and development towards that area. But what I am interested in what i'm focusing on amen is a company of a people amen who can begin to exercise if you will their prophetic identity for we say everything that is born of god carries a prophetic genotype carries a prophetic dna carries a prophetic nature if you will all right if you're if i mean my there are things that my son amen carries from you know that inherits from my life you understand it's just natural all right, you see some mannerism, including my daughter. You see some mannerism. You see some behavior. You see some. It's it's just natural, and that's what we're saying. That if we are born of God, there are certain realities, Amen, in our Father in Christ that should flow, that should manifest in our life. Okay, and as my son grows and develops, all right, he then begins to see certain traits that he likes in me that he wants to become. That is beyond just the normal, the natural. What you know, what he was born into there are things that you know you see your father that you love you emulate okay you want that you you then begin to you know focus you then begin to pay attention you then begin to develop into that okay that's different from somebody that is called to go and carry out a ministry a function an assignment because that person has been called into that ministry and has been given all right the grace if you will the the the, the authority the the 
the character and all that is required, amen, to function in that. So that is a prophetic office. And we we, we, we believe in that. Of course, I have functioned in that ministry. And I believe God is still calling people into the prophetic. But beyond that, there is a generation. If you are in the kingdom, if you are called of God, amen, if you're, like Jesus said, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You see, if you're born of God, you overcome the world. That is part of your identity or your inheritance. When you come into the kingdom of God, there are certain benefits, amen, that become part of your life. You don't need to pray for it. <laughs> you don't need to, you know, wangle your way. You know, it's just part of who you are. And if you get to know them and begin to seek to develop in that area, amen, then you begin to do certain things that might just wow people. Wow. I didn't know you could do that. Amen. That is supposed to be a norm. It's supposed to be the norm in the kingdom life. There are certain things that ought to be like the like the like the Lord said. He says, He says, miracle is the children's bread. You don't ask for it. You know, my children can't wake up in the morning and start cracking their brain. What are they gonna eat? You know, it's your it's your responsibility as a parent, as a father, as a mother to provide. There are certain things that the Lord has provided for us. We just need to go, amen, and 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 take of it. The Bible says the Lord for 40 years was providing manna. You know, in the wilderness, feeding his people. And they were still asking, what is this? They didn't know what God was providing. God's, God's, God's mind is, you go out there every day, you get manna, you get something to eat, and that's it. So, so we've got to understand that there are certain dimensions and reality, amen, in our walk with God, amen, that allow us to function in what is called the prophetic. And I'm going to, once again, help us to understand, if you will, what this ministry is, all right, as we have continued to track and trace, amen, and identify, and even to some degree begin to test what the prophetic ministry is, what the prophetic environment, the prophetic culture, the prophetic, you know, uh, grace and identity is, and how we can enhance, amen, that grace, because we need to be prophetic in order for us to be able to advance as we press further into the days of the end, as we come nearer, amen, into what is called the days of the comings of our Lord, as the kingdom of God draw closer we must be prophetically compliant we must be prophetically you know uh, connected we must be prophetically related we must be prophetically identified and we must be prophetically positioned in order to be able to function in order to be able to stand the test of time all right if we're not if we're not prophetically you know inclined the scripture says something is going to happen to us we will be deceived we will be deceived. Deception is one of the key, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, if you will, instrument that the devil is using in the last day. Deception, delusion. All right. And, and all of this speaks into a lack of amen, knowledge, a lack of understanding. No wonder the Bible says in the book of Habakkuk, my people perish for lack of knowledge now we understand that this knowledge is not some things you sit in the class classroom to acquire this is a knowledge that you that you get to receive because of your connection because of your relationship with god because of your interaction with the spirit of christ because of your development in what is called the revelation of christ so the more we grow in the revelation of christ the more amen we seek to have a rapport a deep rapport with the holy spirit the more we begin to know 
who we are, amen, who God is. And the more we begin to understand our environment, the more we begin to know people for who they are. The Bible says, for we used to know Jesus, amen, from one dimension. He said, but henceforth, know you no know, man after the flesh. If we live our life based on how, you know, we see things, how we taste things, how we, you know, perceive things, you know, what we touch, all of, all of that, we will be deceived. That's what the Bible says. We will be deceived. All right. So we want to shift our focus away from that, you know, dimension of, you know, the first and second day. We want to begin to press into what the scripture called the third day and to step into the third day. Amen. We've got to move into what the scripture called the power of resurrection. It's from that position where we have a standing up again with Christ that we can begin to, if you will, benefit from the grace, from the spirit, amen, of that which is called the prophetic. The prophetic, amen, is our nature. It's our core. Calling, amen, is our identity by spiritual birth. Let me repeat it again. The prophetic, amen, is our nature, amen, is our identity, is our inheritance, amen, by the virtue of our spiritual birth. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. He says, see, you've got to have the prophetic eyes to see. See all things, not some things, not few things. All things become new. That newness is from a position that is elevated. And you need, amen, to understand that how newness operates. That newness is a system of life. That newness is a system of engagement. That newness, amen, is a culture, is an identity. That newness is an environment, all right? See, all things become new. Why you are in a world that is a cake that is dying? Why you in a world that is full of corona? Why you in a world that is full of economic, you know, uncertainty? Yet you are living from that dimension that is called new. What a day, what a time, what a position to be. Now, this is what we're talking about. Thank you so much, Al, for connecting this morning. So we, we want to, you know, connect to this. And we've been looking, we've been tracking, we've been tracing what the prophetic is, all right? And I'm not going to be tired, amen, of, of reminding you again and again and again and again and again. Like I said, my intention in this school is not just to pump us with some, you know, high revelation, all right, without solidifying our foundation, amen, on the things that will allow us to have clarity, to have understanding, to have insight into how the prophetic function, because many of the things today that is dazzling men are basically things that the enemy has systematically positioned, amen, to flow us from, amen, the directions and the directions of the spirit. So if we have a teaching priest, if we have men and women that God has empowered and trusted, amen, with the ministry of the revelation of the ascended Christ, with the ministry, amen, of truth, they say, we will, we will not give ourselves to these things. They say, choose for yourself all right you know seven guys who, who can function in this but we will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word there is a ministry all right in fact the two ministry that all ministry is built on is the ministry of the word and the ministry of prayer because these are the two ministry that allow us to begin to dive into the ways of god if you want to understand what is known as Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, stepping into that is called the light, you need to have the ministry of, and that ministry is the foundation, is the footing, amen, of what every other ministry, be it prophetic, be it apostolic, be it, you know, the ministry of, a, of an elder, of a pastor, as a teacher, all of the concept of what defines our priesthood are built upon the ministry of the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word, and the word was with God, and the word became 
flesh and tabernacle among men. I mean, we can, we can rest on this for the next three, four years just tracking what that means. And then you move out of that, then you move into a dimension that is called the ministry of prayer. The ability, amen, to go through, to walk through a bridge, to walk through, you know, a portal, to come into a day where you have access into God, where you can begin to interact with the heart of God, with the mind of God. Ah, there's nothing greater than that. So you begin to understand that when we, when we understand these things that we're looking in, then you understand that uh, what people define as a minister of the word is, is, is far-fetched from how the Lord, amen, will have us connect. What people look at as prayer, or uh, is far-fetched from how people define prayer. These are powerful spiritual tools that is given to us, amen, to, to rediscover, to rediscover our position, our identity, and of course, our inheritance in the earth. Wow. So as we look into this, allow me again to quickly draw your attention back to one or two things that we have looked at in time past. We're dealing with, we're, I know that we are in the, we're at the point where we're looking at the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I love what, I love the, the last teaching we did, you know, be, before we had that break. I love that last teaching we did because we're able to connect the deposit of God in our life through one single word, relationship. And we looked at how, how, you know, John, you know, typify, represent, reflect a kind of a company of people that God is looking for in this season. That to the degree we want to have the ministry of revelation is to the degree we will have to pulsate in the place of relationship. And relationship is not formed by chance. It's not something that happens to us. It's something we have to cultivate. We have to develop. And we saw John, all right, being able to have this passion that while Jesus is speaking and, you know, things are happening and everybody is getting wild. This guy just takes his head and put it on the, you know, on the, on the chest of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's speaking something. He's, he's speaking from a frequency that the people cannot understand. To the point that when the Lord was about to die on the cross, this was the last ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the last word, amen, that Jesus will be proclaiming to a human before leaving to the earth. He looked at John and he looked at his mother. And he said to his mother, mother behold thy son. And he says to John, son behold thy mother. I cannot get beyond this point. It's just too, it's just too awesome for me to comprehend that all of the running, we want revelation, we want all of the di dimensions that we're looking for, all of this high prophetic apostolic thing that we're talking about. At the end of the day, Jesus committed his mother. That is the gateway into the third day ministry. Jesus committed Amen. The life, the care, the, the nurturing, the feeding, the protection of his mother to someone he can trust. Not one of the apostles, not one of his disciples were there at the feet of the cross that this word was proclaimed to. I mean, if nothing ever moves you in the ministry of revelation, this one should move you. This one should move you. Jesus committed his mother the one who birthed all of the things that we define to be revelation. All of the things that is captured 
in the ministry of Christ, Jesus committed all of that to one person. For one reason. He loved him beyond the understanding of any human being. John loved Jesus to the point that the way Jesus expressed that love, there is no place in this where you read in the Bible where Jesus really spoke about the love of John. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Father, help me. There is no place in the word where you can begin to look and study and say, I, I really want to study, you know, the kind of love Jesus have, how Jesus reciprocates his love to John than through an action. He committed his mother. I hope you understand that Jesus had brothers. He committed, he committed. And I'm, I'm emphasizing this. I'm highlighting this, all right? To, 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 to buttress, to, to buttress the importance, amen, of how we track what is called the prophetic. Because the prophetic is not about a show. It's, it's not about how much we can speak. It's not semantics. The prophetic is not, you know, how we can exhibit power. It's not about, in fact, it's not about the fact that we're, we're able to give a word and it came to pass so that people can, wow, you said it and it came to pass. <laughs> the prophetic is not about how we can move mountains. How we can part the sea. The prophetic is about how much we know of the heart of the Father. To the point that that which we know we're able to precisely and accurately represent it. Not just in our words but with our life. Let me take you back to some definitions that we... We looked at in the in the in the past. We said the prophetic is a priestly ministry. It's important we highlight the word priestly, because you remember the. I made a statement yesterday when we when we stand before, when we represent God to creation to humanity, we stand as a prophet. When we represent the people. Before God, we stand, we, rep, we stand as intercessors. <laughs> These two ministries go hand in hand. You can't separate them. That's why you cannot say you're prophetic and you're not an intercessor. And you cannot say you're an intercessor and we don't see the trace of the prophetic in your life. You can't separate it. That's why a lot of people are shocked. Why my, my life, my ministry is built around prayer. They're shocked. And a lot of people say, oh, this guy, wow, this man is so humble. He's, he's humble. <laughs> My humility is not of something that I, I, I desire, that I, I you know, <laughs> you, you, I just want to be humble. No, when you embrace the minister of prayer, when they give you the minister of prayer, they break you. You become humble. Because when they begin to put a burden of nations, when they begin to put a burden of people in your heart, you don't even have the time to even begin to think of pride. You don't have it again. Your life has become, amen, one that is defined as a burden bearer. That's the ministry of an intercessor. 
So as we deal with all of this, you see, we are redefining, we are retracing, we are retracking, amen, our position, our identity, even in the operations of the gifts. You cannot be prophetic and you cannot be a prophet and not be crushed and not be humble. So when you look at many of these titles, many of these men who call themselves prophet and many of our sisters who call themselves prophet, you ask yourself, what's going on? Is this the same prophetic that we read about in the word of God? Of course it's not. The Lord is exposing. The Lord is separating. Amen. The ones who reflect a spirit of divination from those who are truly carriers and reflectors of his nature, the nature of the ascended Christ. So it's a priestly ministry. And that has its ramification. When you say you're a priest, there are things that must not be found among you. There are things you are not allowed to do. There are places you are not allowed to be. There are companies that you are not supposed to be part of. There are places you must be found. And there are places you, you, cannot, you cannot be there because you're a priest. Because you represent God earlier to the people. And because you represent the people before God. That changes the, the entire scope of, of your concept of divine representation. Every religion has its own priest. Including those who are worshipping Satan. There are priests who have devoted themselves to Satanism. And they must adhere, they must abide by amen, the, the vision, the values of that religion. So is Christianity. What I mean by that is those who are seeking, pursuing Christ. Alright? I'm not talking about the religion. If you're a follower, a pursuer of the Lamb, you're a priest to the people, and you're a priest, amen, uh, uh, you know, on behalf of the people to God, there are certain realities, there are certain expressions, there are certain identity, there are certain belief system, there are certain posture, amen, that you must wear. There are certain garments, amen, that you must wear. There are certain places that you must be found, and there are places that you're not allowed to be. There are things you must say, and there are certain things you are not even allowed to say. Even when they show you those things, you are not permitted to say those things, because all things may be lawful, but they are not expedient. So the prophetic is a priestly ministry designed to both represent the eternal objective and purposes of the Father to his church and to creation. While it, is, while it also stands to represent man before the throne of God. The implication of this is... Every single aspect of this, this ministry called the prophetic is carefully woven. Is woven like a woman will weave, you know, we weave, you know, something, you know, clothes. Is carefully woven to represent the inflow and the outflow of the life and nature of the spirit of Christ and his kingdom in dimension beyond our comprehension. That's a prophetic. Just that's just one of our definitions. So, as we look at this, we begin to understand what the prophetic is, what the prophetic should be, should reflect. It's not just about power gift. In fact, the prophetic is not a power gift. <laughs> the prophetic is a nature gift. Because within his nature lies his power. Any power.
power that comes from above reflect first the nature of God, reflects the character, the values, the operational, you know, realities of Christ within, within the, within the character of Christ lies his power. You cannot separate the power and the authority. You cannot exp you cannot separate. Amen. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. You cannot separate that, amen, from the king who sits upon the throne. So when we talk about the prophetic, we're not just dealing about, amen, the, 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 the grandeur, the, the manifestation, the authority of the kingdom. No, we're dealing with, amen, the nature of one who sits upon the throne of your life. Because it's from that position of the sitting of the king that the, that the kingdom is governed. <laughs> You see, when we understand this, our orientation, not just to life, but to self and to the world we live in changes. Our world changes. Our world gets to change. The revelation, the revelation of the ascended life we have in Christ is what sets our heart on a journey to shift away, to move away from what men today call Christianity. That is all about show. That is all about showmanship. That is just all limited to a display of power. And if there's no power, you know what I mean? If there's no power in the church, the church doesn't, the church doesn't get full. So people would do everything, including going to some God knows what, just to get power so that that becomes what attracts the people. You see, we've, we've offered the people a wrong thing. We've, we've, we've redirected we've redirect the essence of the ministry to, to, you know, to a show. <laughs> and this is why many people today who, who call themselves prophets, who are in the prophetic, their, their expression is always about the power, the power, the power, the power of God. And the reason why they do that is for the people to continue to come. Because one of the, one of the nature, one of the character of the fallen human nature, amen, is that it likes to be entertained. The fallen human nature loves entertainment. And the reason for that is it, it seeks to blow, it seeks to cover its sense of hollowness and shallowness. <laughs> That's why the entertainment ministry and the entertainment world, amen, is one of the one of the pronounced, you know, uh, 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 one of the richest and one of the most pronounced industries in the world. All right, like I said some time ago, the last time we also met, I spoke about a church that behaves like a halot. Because an halot will give you a sense of fulfillment, a sense of you know fulfilling your 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 pleasure. You know, an halot will allow you to you know to express your imagination through you know through what she offers you, <clears throat> even though she's not connected, even though she's not aligned. All right, but she will make you. She will she will give you if you compare her. All right, she will she will she will she will help you to have a feel, have a fulfillment of. Of your of your uh, uh, um, of your imagination is a word I'm looking for. Your fantasy, <laughs> your fantasy. 
There's a church we have created that help people to, you know, to, 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 to have a feel, to have a, a desire, a fulfillment of their fantasy. So I want to go to a church where, you know, I want to hear this kind of a music. I want to hear this kind of a word. All right. Because all of that must speak into your andrelin, must speak into your, you know, into those, you know, uh, uh, chemicals in your mind, in your thoughts. That gives you a sense of feeling, a sense of identity, a sense of, you know, uh, 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 they pump you up, if you will. A sense of you're somebody. You're nobody until Christ kills you first. You're nobody until you embrace the cross. <laughs> you see, but we, 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 we psych people up and we give them all kinds of false image, false impressions to the point that we give them a false, you know, word in the name of the prophetic. And so the people are forever waiting for what is not even real, for what is not there. <laughs> it's a world of fantasy. It's a world of cosmetics. It's cosmio. So when you offer the people the real food, they don't have a desire for it. It's like feeding on junks. When you're used to eating, you know, your, 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 your fries, you know, you, you grow up eating fries. It will be very difficult for you to love your veggies. You know, uh, the Bible says, you know, one who partakes of this kind of a meal, all right, refuse the new. It says for the old is better. Why is the old better? Because the taste board, all right, has been accustomed, has been, has been acclimatized to certain flavor, to certain, you know, taste. This is the reason why people are rejecting amen, the values of the new and, and that which heaven is feeding them that ought to give them good health. That today we don't eat for good health. We eat for, you know, how we, how we, how we love the taste. I mean, I love good food that tastes well. But guess what? I also love amen, healthy food. Healthy food can taste well. But today, no, we, 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 once we see something that is healthy, that would build us up, that would, no, 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 we don't want it. We want the one that would give us a feel, it, you know, and, and a, a sense of excitement. That's why, like I said that some time ago, we, we pump so much, we, we invest so much into the music, in, in, into the music ministry of our churches. You understand? All of that is not really to bring the presence of God. No, it's to entertain the people. We go, we go out of our way to do all the things that we do, not just because we want to honor God, you know, the Lord said to me when I was a pastor, the Lord said to me, you have two choices. You can either build for men or build for me. Choose one. You want to build for men? Or you want to build for God? <laughs> Choose one. So when I decided I was going to build for God, guess what? People start leaving the church. Because now you're no longer in the condition of entertaining them. People start leaving the house. They start leaving. They, uh, like, but, but but we're preaching the truth. What's going on? They say, ah, sit down there. <laughs> You're preaching the truth. You think that's what we want? No, people want to be entertained. They want you to tell them it's well. When, when you even know that it's not well, amen. They want you to tell them that it's going to be okay when you know that they need, amen, a little bit of bashing, a little bit of, you know, uh, 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 home truth, a, a little bit of hard truth. But, um, these are the people bringing fat offerings, bringing all of this. What's going to happen? You want to stand for truth or you want to stand for maintaining the Joneses? And it's from there the Lord began to set my heart on a journey. And I realized truly really we live in a generation that people really do not want Christ. They don't want the Lord. And, and this brings me to what I'm saying that the Lord was able to look at John 
He saw something in John. That he didn't see in others. And because of what he saw in John, he was able to commit the most important person on earth to our Lord Jesus Christ before he died. He committed the ministry of his mom. He says, John, I need you to take care of my mom. Our ministry is not divorced from humanity. In fact, our ministry is to represent spirituality, amen, divinity in humanity. So while we love the world, we cannot afford to compromise the standard of God for the, for the love of the world. But when we, when we establish amen, the values and the principle of God and make that become the foundation of how we engage the things of God. Listen, it's only a matter of time before people now begin to draw, begin to stream up there. In that day, men will say, let us go let us stream up to the mountain of the Lord's house. To the mountain of the house of the God of Jacob. When you set the standard. When you set the standard of God. When you set amen, the value standard of God. No matter how high it is. Listen to this. Those who are hungry. Because listen. Many are called, few are chosen. This thing is not meant for everybody. If it's meant for everybody, then there is no need for a gospel. If it's meant for everybody, then there is no need for a gospel. There's no, there's no need to preach to people. Everybody will be saved. So why preaching? Why asking people to repent? Why asking people amen, to live in a certain standard of life? Why asking people to live certain things? No. If, if this thing is meant for everybody, then come on, forget it. After all, at the end of the day, everybody will get saved. <laughs> Sorry. That's not, the, that's not the truth, gospel. Because that's, I mean, I've heard people preach that. That God so loved the world that nobody's going to die and perish. No, but no, no, no. God is not that wicked to, to destroy people. Well, if God is not that, you know, wicked, tell me, how is he judging the present world that we live in today? What, then who is judging if it's not God? <laughs> you, think, you think China has a power all right, to, to do such a thing that is happening? You think America has a power? You think somebody somewhere has a power to just shut down the entire world? You better believe there's a God somewhere up there if you don't believe in him that is judging the system of this world that is shutting down, hallelujah, how we live life, how we do life so that people once again can start thinking because we've, loved our, we've lost our sense of, of thoughts. There is a move of God in the earth in this brand new day and that move is triggered, hallelujah, because there's a cry. God said, he said to Moses, I have heard the cry of my people and I have come down. <laughs> this is a day where God is coming down. Excuse me. There's a coming down of God in our day. And when God comes down, redemption happens and judgment takes place. Whenever God comes down, two things happen. Redemption and judgment. Are you, are you following me, friends? So, I hope you got that definition that we gave regarding the prophetic. Because I, I'm just kind of refreshing our mind again. And it's from this point that I want to quickly connect to the next thing. The next scripture that I, I, I want us to look into. Remember, I'm just kind of refreshing our mind. All right? 
I'm refreshing our mind. Then we're going to quickly move into uh, uh, where we stopped the last time. And then we'll pick it up from there, hopefully, by the grace of God. Now, let's look at another scripture that I feel speaks into the day that we live in, in, in terms of understanding. These are days of rediscovery. These are days of spiritual rediscovery. We want to close the gap. We want to close, amen, the gap. There are, there are things that God did in the past that ought to connect us. You see, God moves in season. And each of the seasons of God, amen, connects. They are like a chain. They are like a chain. You know, they all connect to each other. If you miss one season, you may not be able to rightly connect to the next season. And therefore, it's going to affect the next connection. The, the things of God, the Bible says, they are precept upon precept, line upon line. A little here, a little there. A little here, a little there. All right? The things of God has a coherency. There's a flow. So when you miss one period, one season, um, um, my dear sister, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about, Sister Ruth. You know, we were in school together. There were things that the Lord were, were emphasizing where, while we were in school in 1990-1991, where we were in school. There were things that the Lord were emphasizing. I could remember there were things that I was also emphasizing back in those days. All right, That, that sound far-fetched. Where we're saying God is going to change the face of the church from the way we know it. And it was difficult for people to accept and to understand many of the things that were declaring back, back in those days. Because they look like, are you, are you out of your brain? But we needed those things to be proclaimed. You see, the word of God will always go forth before the act of God. The word of God will always go forth. Whenever God wants to do something in any season, in any time, in any generation, the first thing he does is send forth his word. All right, his word is to prepare, his word amen, is to you know awaken, his word is to align, is to get us, you know, begin to you know, John was a word sent forth to prepare the way of the Lord to make straight his path. And in, in that period in the 90s, we were declaring certain things, all right, that we didn't even understand, but we're proclaiming it because sometimes God speaks, you respond. In fact, most time God speaks, you must respond. Even if you don't fully understand what he say, you respond. Because that sense of res you know, responding all right, makes you responsible amen, for the next phase, for, for the next reality of you know, what God is going to do next. And for us who have, who have been following what God has been unveiling, Amen. Uh, particularly from the 90s because that's where I enter into you know, what you would define as the move of God. It's from that position of the 90s that we began to see the move of God. God began to move. God began to speak. And I could remember there was a period where certain people began to even reject and castigate what we're talking about. Why? Because they could not connect to what God is saying. And in fact, I could, I mean, I won't blame them why they couldn't connect because the, the norm, the reality of the day, you understand, kind of reject what God is saying because you have come to a position of divine establishment. You've, you've come to a place where what you're hearing has, has brought so much prosperity and God is saying to us, this is not your place of rest. That this prosperity is to prepare you. A day of famine is going to come. This is 
One seven years of abundance. There's, there's another seven years of, of, of famine that is coming. But we didn't hear that. People didn't hear that. In fact, people didn't want to hear that. They, 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 they got captured all right, by, by the blessing, by the prosperity, you know, by claim it and receive it, by claim it and possess it. All of that became a kind of a distraction to the move of God because sometimes God moves and he moves in abundance. And then the next time God moves and he is moving us through a season of famine. And we couldn't understand that. And that was the problem. And that is the reason why a lot of people died in the wilderness. Because when, when, the, seven, when the seven years of abundance all right, finished, people no longer know how to, how, how to connect, how to reconnect, how to, how to change their wineskin, if you will. But, you see, but that was where some of us, you know, knew how to connect. Because heaven has been preparing, has been speaking, and we've been aligning. It's like you've been storing. You've been storing the word. You've been storing the word. So when the judgment began, people could not see it. And the Lord spoke to me when I came to South Africa. The Lord said to me, many of the people that you're going to be dealing with, you're going to be speaking with, all right, they had, they had benchmarked their life from one order. All right, they had lived in one state of you know my move but they have not allowed me to change them to enter the next reality and therefore it becomes difficult for them to embrace and this is not something that is just limited to you know the south african you know society this is something that, all right that we have seen panning out across the globe in particular in america so when you talk about the, the reality and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the speakings of God in terms of the next phase of the prophetic, it became very difficult for people to connect because they saw the prophetic from one era, particularly if you, if you entered the, you know, the, 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 the flow of the prophetic from the 90, all right, it would be very difficult because the, 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 the expression of the prophetic in the 90 was more about, amen, enhancing the church, amen, to get things, all right? A, a lot of prophesying, amen, to get things, to do things, to, you know, get to you know, uh, develop capacity. You know, it was a prophetic dimension that brought in so much into, into the house of God. But that was for a season. That was to create for us resource, amen, to go on with God in the next journey. But guess what? We began to build permanent site rather than building, amen, uh, 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 tents like Abraham. Abraham was a rich man in his day. But the Bible says he lived in tent with Isaac. And Jacob, he lived in tent. Why was he living in tent? Because he knew that all that the father was bringing into his life in that, in, at that period in time, amen, was for the next order, was for the next move, was for the next reality. It was not for him to build a permanent site so that when the trumpet, amen, of a new day is sounded, it can move. It can scaffold. It can move to the next reality. But you see, once this guy came into abundance and came into wealth and came into, they began to receive titles. Suddenly, all of, all of my friends, I discovered they, they've all become bishops. Some of them have become archbishops. People that we went to school together that, you know, we, we, we prayed. Some of them, that were even my prayer partners, they've become archbishops. They've become this. Be I'm like, what? What's going on here? Am I, am I in a different world? You're not in a different world. They, they, they have come into the rest of a season. But they didn't understand that there was, there, there, was, there was another door that they needed to open to take them further in the things of God. The Bible says they have, they have received their reward. 
So if you are in the prophetic to just receive a reward, you will miss the seasons of God. That's, that's something I'm saying. I'm saying that in the prophetic, we have to connect one season to the next. Because one season to the next is a breach. There is always a breach in the speakings of God that will take you from one point to the next. And if you don't understand and you don't know how to, you know, see or they've not shown you, they've not opened your eyes to see the portal that you must travel, that you must journey through, amen, to enter. Don't you ever think that because God blessed you in a season where the word of God was released into your life and you came into so much abundance that that is the place of your rest, you'll be making the greatest mistake. And when I talk about coming into abundance, sometimes it can be an abundance of revelation. I'm not just limiting it to money. It can be an abundance of resource. The greatest thing that can, the worst thing, let me put it that way, the worst thing that can happen to us is for God to open a season to us and we begin to enjoy the benefit of that season without understanding the intentions and the objective of God for that season. That automatically shut the door against us amen, in entering the next season. I know wonderful, beautiful people who, were, who the door was shut at them because they could not discern the comings of the Lord. They could not discern the seasons of God. And there are many of that, many people like that in our day, in our time in South Africa that we're still engaging with. Who are struggling with the things that we're saying. They're struggling with it because they're like, they can't see anything wrong in what they're doing. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> they cannot see anything wrong. But you see, we're speaking from a dimension, amen, of experience of where we're coming from, of what the Lord, amen, has been saying and has been speaking. That's why I keep telling people, all that is happening today in the earth is not new to me. It's not strange to me. I'm not, I'm not like, wow. No, no, no. Because these are 20 years of preparation that we're, we're stepping into. We're tapping into something that God has been preparing us for in the past two decades. Have you noticed that when God says judgment is coming, he always elongates his period of time. Amen. The reason for that is because when God wants to judge the earth, he needs the act to be finished. God never brings judgment without, amen, rapturing, without capturing, without taking his own, without, you know, plugging his own, without harvesting his own out of the midst of destruction. Is that not what they said to Lot? They say, hey, you need to move out of this place. We cannot carry out the purpose of God. Amen. The judgment of God you know, over this place. If you don't move, why, why are they bothering about Lot moving? Because his brother, his, excuse me, because his uncle Abraham had prayed for him. Abraham had connected with God in intercession. I've got, I've got my nephew there. Lord, you dare not destroy the land with my brother, with my nephew there. Just said, okay, we'll strike this deal. <laughs> Why do you think Abraham was, was struggling and, and wrestling with God in terms of number? If you find if you find 20, if you find 40, if you find you know 10 for 10, God said for 10 sake, for five sake. He was talking about his brother, his nephew. That's the heart of intercession. And that's the heart of a mature one. <laughs> Abraham knew that the entire Sodom and Gomorrah are doomed for judgment. But he said, ah, there's, I've got a family there. Are you picking this, friends? We're dealing with something that is very crucial. That will allow us to have a heart 
of the Lord, even as we move into the reality, amen, of this brand new day. And I, I want to constantly remind us, like I said, my intention is not just to give us the feel, you know, a feel of what the prophetic is, or to, to bombard us with information about the prophetic, which we are doing. We will, we will continue to give information. I've got 100, 104 pages of material before me. So this is not just, oh, well, maybe it's because, no, I've, I've got a whole book, a whole manual that we've written on this. We've got resources on this. But I want you to see the heart of God because, you see, the impartation of the things of God is not by head. You can have all the lingua. You can have all the expression. In fact, you can know how to dot all the T's when it comes to the things of God and still be blind to the speakings of God and still not hear what God is saying. Your heart must connect. That, so if your heart is not, you see, when the heart connects, the mind will adjust. When, when the heart connects, the mind will adjust when the heart, when you connect. You see, sometimes you may not be able to comprehend what God is saying. But if your heart is pure, if your heart is truthful, if your heart is longing, if your heart is circumcised, only, only, only a matter of time before, amen, your mind begins to comprehend. You see, don't seek for comprehension first in the things of God. Seek, seek, excuse me, seek to understand, amen, what the, what the Lord is saying. Remember, understanding is a spirit. <laughs> understanding is a spirit. When he, the spirit of truth comes, yes, understanding as wisdom is a spirit understanding is a spirit i hope you also understand that revelation is a spirit revelation is not oh, wow revelation is not wow ah that is carnal that is fleshy if the things of god just wow you and you're satisfied with the wow it means you do not understand you are still in the second day maybe in, in fact maybe in the outer court there is something, I mean, look at this, look at this. John has, has not met Christ. He was still in the womb. Jesus was still, of course, Jesus, we can understand Jesus. Jesus, I mean, he knows all things. He had to go through a process. All The whole concept of the birth was to show us a process of how God brings his things into the earth. That God doesn't do his thing without a seed. That's just a process. So, so we can say, well, Jesus knows all things. You know, Jesus knew John. But what about John? John was in the womb. Yet he was able to pick, he was able to connect, hallelujah, with the spirit of his Lord in the womb. The Bible says the baby leaped for joy. He paid homage to the king of kings and the lord of lords. While he's in the womb, his understanding has not even begun to form yet. This is the point. If you're waiting for you one day to begin to grow based on how they teach you in the classroom of men to understand the things of God, I'm telling you, the world will leave you behind. Even the kingdom will come and pass. You will still be waiting. You have to, you have to realize. Thank you so much, my brother, man of God, this, mo this morning. Pastor Godfrey, uh, Pastor Godfrey, I see you. Thank you for connecting. Uh, brother Steve, thank you so much for connecting. Honor to everyone that is connecting this morning with us. All right. If we have to wait to understand the things of God and not, and not connect to the heart, to the heart, 
You see, the, the heart is a faculty. Is a, when we talk about the heart of God, that is a realm, that is a reality that we are yet to comprehend. And so we, we want to make, we want to exchange, all right, how we speak, how we, how we exegese, how we interpret, how we, you know, we, we, we use phrases about the things of God to replace our sense of connection to the heart of God. No wonder after a while the leaves dry up. Because that's just fig leaves. It will dry. It will dry. You see, all that I'm speaking is from the bowel of that which has been born in me. If the son has not been born in you, you have nothing to say. Amen. In the day of you representing him. I've got my note before, but I'm not speaking from my note. Because it's there, it's there, it's there. It's, 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 it's my life. I'm living this thing. This is how I live. This is what I eat. I, I drink. This is how I live my life. You see, if this thing becomes real to you, you will express him. Well, I've said all that to come to this point. Let's look at this scripture in... Um, First Corinthians, First Corinthians thirteen. I need you to get the point that we're making. I need your spirit man to grow to mature. This is a prophetic school. This is a, a prophetic school. Is a school of the spirit. Therefore, our knowledge, amen, is a knowledge of the spirit. Is a knowledge of the spirit. Is a knowledge of the things of the spirit. Is a knowledge of the ways of the spirit. Is a knowledge of the environment of the spirit. Is a knowledge. The Lord spoke to us this morning in our in our uh, devotional. There is an awakening of Eden again. God is awakening Eden. The Garden of Eden. God is awakening Eden again. Why? Because a people have been awakened. <laughs> because a people. Amen. I've been awakened, born after the nature of the second man, the last Adam. The awakening, amen, of this company of people, amen, awake Eden again because they can only function within, amen, the, 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 the reality of, 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 of their birth. All right. Remember that Eden was established before Adam, amen, was created. So as God, as God begins to awake Adam again, we talk about the formation of Adam. God spoke to us this morning. He said, I'm reforming Adam. And we know this reformation is not the formation, amen, of the first man. It's the formation, amen, of the new man, the second man, the last Adam. As God begins to reform, and we say this Adam that God is reforming, amen, is called Ecclesia. And we say that Ecclesia is not church. Because how we, how we understand church has to be redefined, amen, to how God defines it. He said, I will build my church. He's building his church and that church represents, amen, the, the whole reality of what he is doing in the earth. The church is beyond, the ecclesia of God is beyond the gathering of a people, <laughs> Because when the people gather, he, Christ, becomes the head that leads, that teaches, that guides, that instructs, amen. So that the different departments, the different dimensions of that which represent, amen, the, the, the ecclesia which you can define as the church. Apostle Godfrey, I did this teaching in your church. It's a body system. When that body system begins to function, all right? 
And I'm going to show you right now, when that body system begins to function in the, in the order, in the manner to which heaven designed it, all of the various expression of the power, of the life, of the spirit, of the wisdom, of the grace of God, start flowing through that body system, just like your body. As I'm preaching right now, I'm sweating. All kinds of, all kinds of things are happening. All kinds of chemicals are taking place in my life all right, that makes me human. If I begin to... You're going to be wondering what's wrong with him. Why are you not speaking? Yes, because I will not be communicating. You see, there is a church that is in here that is not communicating. Yet we say we're representing God. And that's why God says, no, I want to reform my church. Why? Because the days that we live in requires that his church stand up again. It's the day of resurrection. The word resurrection means to stand up again. So as we begin to engage the spirit of resurrection, that's why we, we've been saying that all that happened right now in terms of the corona and all of that happened between the context, amen, of Easter. There's a reason for that. It's prophetic, hallelujah. It's the birth, amen, of the resurrection, of the standing up again amen of the top day church that is not captured that is not polluted that is not you know you know is stained by the old by the past and as we understand that and move in flow amen into that which god is doing we begin to see what the prophetic spirit is because that order of a church can only function via the prophetic spirit not just the prophetic ministry the prophetic ministry are there to guide us, to lead us, to give us instruction. But the prophetic spirit is how we live life. Is <laughs> how we function. Amen. Is how the body function. The body function through, amen, through an organ system. If you will, that organ system, that biologic, biological organ system, which the body function, amen, is a reflection of, amen, the spiritual organ system to which the body, the church functions. Nothing is prophetic by design, by nature. And this is what I want the body of Christ to understand, friends. That when we begin to function in this order, we will know things, we will hear things, we will see things, we will understand things, we will connect because, hallelujah, we have become one in the spirit. Is your body divided? Yes and no. <laughs> the body Bible says is made up of many members, many complex members. Yet, yet in their complexity, they function as one. What is wrong with the church? In the complexity of the body. Just to understand how the eye, the eye, the human eye function alone. It will take you to study about 15 years, 15, 20 years in school. Just to understand how the human eye functions. That's just one part. Just to understand the skin, how your skin functions. It may take you the next, you know, 10, 15 years. <laughs> That's just the human body. Yet the Bible says, amen, it speaks of Christ and his body. But this body reflects a dimension. It's, everything is integrated. Oh, my Lord. Everything is integrated. There is a divine integration. But if we don't understand how the system must function together, if, if, if we are not hearing this kind of a message, all right, we will make the same mistake in, the, in this next day, in this third day, in this new day that the Lord is bringing us into. And we cannot afford to make that mistake because this dimension of a church is the church that will begin to prepare the ground for the physical coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have come too far to be playing church in this new day. 
Corona has brought us to a reset. Corona has brought the church, the nation, to a reset. We said this in the beginning of the year. This is a decade of reset. And as we journey further, we have to journey in the understanding, in the reality, amen, in the sacredness of this new day. And this is why this teaching is very relevant to the body of Christ. Because this is not something about, hallelujah, just show a gift. No, this is something that will bring us, amen, to connect to the original intentions of the Father. This is the day where Adam, hallelujah, is being awakened again. This is the day where amen, the garden Eden is being awakened again. Eden is being awakened again. When Adam is awakened and Eden is awakened, guess what? God will come down. <laughs> the Bible says, and God will come down at the cool of the day. So for all of this to happen, we've got to pick this scripture. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9 says, it says, for we know, for we know, and before you know, we began, I, I checked that word, no, for we know, that word no means ginosko, 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 I'm sure you've heard the word gnostics, gnostics, gnostics means knowledge. Gnostics make knowledge. Now, this word, for we know. This is not the knowing. This is not the knowing that, that you know, Adam had in the garden with his wife. There's a, no, there's a knowing that when you come to know certain things, you cannot but to be creative. You cannot but to produce. You cannot but to, you know, do things. You know, <laughs> that knowledge brings you to not just an awareness. It brings you to the ability to create or to do things. So that's not the knowledge. This, this knowledge, this gnosko, amen, speaks of that which we know and discover. By awareness. That which we know and discover by awareness. In other words, we, we had to study. We had to study to come to this awareness. We had to, we had to sit down. They had to teach us. So for we know in parts. We gnosko. All right? This is a prolonged form of primary verb. It says it's to, to come to know. It's a prolonged verb. You, you, you sit down. You study. You have to give yourself to, you know, knowing how one plus one makes two. Gnosko. You, you, you dive into things. You search things. Then you come to a conclusion. So when the scripture says, for we know in part, our knowledge from this reality cannot bring us into fullness. Because the Bible says, because we know we ginosko in part, we therefore prophesy in part. <laughs> That's the point that I'm getting into. Because we have a vague, a similitude, a figurative understanding, a picture we, ha we have, you know, uh, you know, an insight. We can see something, but we are not completely aware of what we've seen. Therefore, how we represent amen, the Lord in that state of knowledge is part. <laughs> we know in part and therefore we prophesy. The word prophesy means to express as a witness what you know. To express, amen. 
to express what you know. That word prophesy, it means to express. the word. In fact, that word means to witness, to be a witness, to speak forth. But for you to be a witness, amen, you have to be able to give a testimony, a testament. Uh, come on, Jesus, Lord, help me. We know in part, and therefore we prophesy. We, we, we speak in part. We, 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 we represent in path. We function in path. And this, this dimension of path, all right, has to, has to reality. It's both positive and negative, all right? Because there is a path that I carry. You know, this is how God functions. The Bible says, when he ascended on high, he gave gift to men. Because gift can only function via men. What does that mean? Listen to this. What does that mean? That means that the nature and the character of man are the vehicle to which gifts function. Gift cannot, gifts are not designed or ordained to function outside of man. In other words, the nature, the life, the character, the values, the, the, the wisdom, the, 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 the reality of what we have become as men allow a man or define how our gift will function. Even though it's a gift that has been designed to change lives. But that gift had to flow. Had to flow through human. That's why Jesus had to come. Jesus was God's gift to creation, right? But he had to be born. He had to be born through a man. <laughs> Abraham had to be born through a man. Melchizedek, all of this. They had to be born through a man. The only person that was not born through a man was Adam. Because he was the first amongst creation. He gave gift to men. So the gift does not function outside of men. The gift are designed to function in men. So when you see the gift functioning and you see the man going crazy, you wonder, but <laughs> how can you be so gifted? And yet you're still, yes, because that's how the gift, the, the, and the Bible says the gift and the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, it doesn't change his mind. Even though the gift is going to kill you, it will continue to allow the gift to function because the gifts are given to men for men. The gifts are given to men for men. Because what the gifts are designed for is to change men. Is to transform men. But this gift must function through men. Through the word human. It must function through mortals. So to the degree we, we become immortal. To the degree we become reformed. We, to the degree we become transformed. Ah, to the degree our gift becomes potent. So if what we know, that's one dimension of, I was trying to explain the two dimension of no. One dimension of no is that God placed something in us. All right. That requires other people to connect to, that requires you to connect to others for that part of what you know to become complete. Yes. And God did that deliberately so that pride does not finish us. So he kept, he kept part of what you need to know regarding what you know in other people, in other giftings. So as you connect with them, amen, you, you grow, you develop further, amen. You become more complete. <laughs> so even if you don't like the person, but you know, ah, this guy, this man carries something that I need to complete. Have you noticed that's what they did with Adam? They gave Eve to Adam to complete Adam. 
Even though Adam did not know. Adam, Adam did not understand that he wasn't complete. Because it was God who said, it's not good for a man to be alone. So when God looked at Adam and God said, no, this, this creation is not complete. I will make for him and help meet. Because Adam was designed, amen, to meet something, to fulfill something, to carry out something. It was not just to mark time. God wasn't just looking for somebody, you know, to just to roam around the garden. <laughs> no, God needed somebody to take charge, to be in charge. And God looked at Adam and said, well, I've given you so much. I've given you vision. I've given you capacity. But guess what? I need, I need somebody that will help you administrate you, that will help you administrate. Oh, that will help you administrate the vision. So I give you a woman. So they brought somebody of his like, but it's different from him. They brought something, amen, of his nature, but it's different from him. They brought some, someone, hallelujah, of his typology, amen, but different from him. If was Adam, but different. If was Adam, hallelujah, but in a different dimension of operation. In other words, what differentiated it from Adam was the assignment. That if was supposed to be an administrator, why Adam, amen, reflect the condition, the position, amen, of a visionary man. Without, without vision, the people perish. But guess what? Without a proper administration of the vision, the vision will still perish. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me here. Are you getting now? This is the complete reality. So we've got to understand that as we press into the things of God, others must journey along, and we must journey along with others. It is the ministry of the ecclesia. The ecclesia is made up of many members. But we're not dealing with the ecclesia. We're dealing with something that will allow the ecclesia to function effectively. Remember, remember, we're not just dealing with the ecclesia today. We're dealing with something that will allow the ecclesia to function, amen, effectively. We're dealing with how we connect, amen, with the prophetic. Because the prophetic, like I said, is, is the spiritual system that allows the church, which is you and I, amen, to function effectively. That for us to become, you know, effective in our workplace, you know, as, as lawyers, as bankers, amen, as statement, amen, as people functioning in the marketplace, as, you know, as, as doctors, you know, as scientists, come on, as, as statement, you understand, as leaders, as pastors, for us to be able to function effectively, we need, we need the prophetic spirit. It, it's an enhancement. The prophetic spirit is an enhancement. It enhances our creativity. It enhances our ability. It enhances amen, our spiritual understanding. But beyond that, remember, spirituality must be translated into effectiveness. Effectiveness in your relationship. Effectiveness amen, in your interaction. Effectiveness amen, in your productivity. That's why you cannot be spiritual and not be productive. You cannot be spiritual amen, and not understand. You cannot be spiritual and say, well, I'm so tired. I don't know what is going on. No, you must know what is going on because in times of prayer, in times of fellowshipping with the Lord, in times of you know developing and, and interacting with the things of God, they will show you. They will tell you. Hallelujah. Isn't that what, you know, Daniel said? He said, King, King, relax, relax. You don't need to start killing anyone here. <laughs> the king said, if you cannot, I've been paying you guys so much. I've been paying you guys so much. If you guys cannot tell me the vision and the dream and the interpretation, I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> Daniel said, Daniel said, wait, 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 Lord. Uh, oh, King, live, for, live forever. Let me go consult. Let me consult my, my God. There's a God. 
who rule over the affairs of men. Let me go consult my God. Daniel went. He didn't just consult with God. He went to his brothers. Are you getting the point that I'm making now? I'm connecting this to a relationship. Daniel went and speak to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They prayed to God. God gave them the vision. God gave them the dream and the interpretation. They saved the entire magicians and the entire philosopher of Babylon. Or else the king would have chopped, the, chopped, chopped off their heads. That even in the marketplace, the prophetic is designed. That even in, hallelujah, in, 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 in the state house, the prophetic is designed to help us, amen, function in such a way where God, listen to this, when we create solution, when we become solution dr drivers, when we create solution in our workplace, guess what? God's name gets to be exalted. So when you're prophetic, amen, you become functional, you become productive. You become creative. And this is part of what, I'm, what I've been saying for a while. That you cannot be prophetic and not be productive and not be creative. Ideas will come. If you're into the business world, of course the prophetic will function based on your, your, your assignment, based on the world that you live in. All right? This is my world. My world is to preach, is to write, is to... You know, do all of these things. So I function there. So if, if let's assume I'm in the world of finance... Guess what? And I'm prophetic. I should be making all the money in this world, of course, to advance the kingdom of God. Because for every, you know, a, a, a grace they give to us, at the end of the day, amen, that grace must filter down into the advancement of the purposes of God. Amen. Those who are into jihad, they understand that. That every everything they sell out there, every every round, every cent that comes to them is for the advancement of jihad. That's the principle of the kingdom that they stole. In fact, everyone in the marketplace understand these two things, that you're either working for somebody or for something else. They know, they know that. They may not talk about it. They may not say it. All right? Everybody has got an agenda. But that's not the point. That's not the point I'm making. I'm bringing us to a point where we need to understand how we must connect to the prophetic spirit so that it can enhance our functionality, our state of being. We cannot live in a state, in a position where we are confused, where we are disheartened, when we feel, you know, disempowered, when we feel, you know, disengaged, when we feel dysfunctional. We cannot allow, amen, what is going on in the earth today to put us in such a state that we feel like this is the end. This is the beginning of a brand new day. This is the beginning of a brand new day. This is the beginning of a season that will lead us further, amen, into a day where we can become effective even in the marketplace. But that's not where we're going. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. It says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. And I, I was just trying to explain what the word know and prophesy in part means. Let me read on. It says, but when completeness comes, now I'm reading from the NIV, when completeness comes, so you can see the progression. You can see the flow. You can see the progression. It says, but when completeness comes, so the question will be, what is completeness? What will, what, what will completeness mean? Or what will complete, completeness look like? Alright? We know in part and therefore we prophesy in, in part, but, that's a good word, but, when completeness comes, so it's coming. 
If it's coming, we have to move out to meet him. All right. When when the things of God is coming, when God said, I'm coming, you don't wait. You also go out. You break camp, amen, to meet him. That's how the things of God are. All right. When God said, I'm coming, you also begin to journey towards the place of his meeting. All right. You can't say, well, God says, come here. I'm coming. All right. I'm waiting for you, Lord. No, no, no. You don't do that. That's that's a wrong attitude, amen, in, 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 in meeting the comings of the Lord. If God is coming, you have to step out. You have to step out. You step out in faith. You have to step out in your state of belief. You have to prepare yourself. When God says, I'm coming, you have to prepare yourself. When you prepare yourself and you make sure you don't go to sleep, amen, or you become one of those ten virgins. They're virgins. They, were, they seem to be ready, but guess what? They were overcome <laughs> by the longevity, by the length of time of what looks like a delay. And this is where I guess a lot of people are getting defeated because they, they have not been taught how to wait upon the Lord. We have to learn how to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall, I wish I can hear you, shall renew their strength. Why do you have to renew your strength? Because uh, waiting upon the Lord, amen, can mean, <laughs> you know, waiting for a long time. <laughs> you know, but, but waiting for a long time deals with certain realities in our life that needs to be complete, that needs to be perfected. So the waiting, waiting on the Lord is not, is never a delay. So if you are, if you're trying to wait on the Lord based on your own mindset, somebody said, but I've been waiting for a husband. I've been waiting for a wife all this while, but nothing is forthcoming. Now the devil start whispering to you. Why don't you? <laughs> no, you don't want to. You want to wait on the Lord because there are things that need to be perfected in your life. There are, there are values. There are characters. There are behaviors that Evan is pointing to and say, I need you to correct that. So waiting on the Lord doesn't mean going to sleep. Waiting on the Lord means adjusting yourself, adjusting just in your life, aligning to the values of God, so that when the bridegroom comes, you are ready for marriage. So that you don't have an issue, amen, of fighting. You know, many of us, you you fight in the marriage. Ten years you've been married, you've been fighting. Things you ought to have dealt with before the marriage, so that when you get into the marriage, amen, the marriage can begin to, you know, flow into the very essence and purpose of his existence. No, but you've used the first twenty years of your of your of the marriage fighting and trying to understand each other. Why? Because when they say wait, you didn't understand what it meant to wait. Now, you don't get married because you're lonely. Amen. You don't get married because you're looking for an husband. You get married because there's an assignment that needs to be fulfilled. And when two are brought together, they accelerate. One shall put a fall a thousand. Two shall put a fall ten thousand. Ten thousand. Wow. But guess what? If you don't wait, if you don't get yourself prepared, it's the same concept that I'm talking about when it comes to waiting on the Lord. You understand? A lot of us, I said some time ago, in fact, let me bring that, let me bring that example back again. Yes, you know, the professional uh, fisherman called Peter. All right? He, he, he stalled all night because, you see, Peter didn't understand that the season has changed. When the season changed, you've also got to change. You've got to recalibrate, amen, your, 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 your sense of creativity. You've got to recalibrate, you know, your, 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 your capacity, your ability. You've got to recreate, amen, all that you used to know that used to function properly for you. When the season changed, you have to change the way you do things must change. And hear the word of the Lord. The season of change. The next time you go back to work after this corona and after they open the world back, listen to this, a lot of people will be laid away. You know why? Because they did not take the spirit to begin to readjust themselves. 
They did not take this period to begin to realign themselves. When a, a season changed, that, that which used to be accepted and approved in the past becomes obsolete and rejected. So when a season changed, the first in fact before the season changed, you need to begin to change. You need to begin to align. You see, you, you, you've got to, that's why I say you've got to have a prophetic sight. You can see that, hey, in the next five, six days, six months down the line, six years down the line, something is going to happen and I will need to, you know, to navigate. So what are you doing? You're preparing yourself. You take that new course. You take that new, you know, you know that new, uh, 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 you know, training. Whatever it is, you're aligning yourself. You're preparing. You know, they say, where is rain coming from? They say, where is rain coming from? We've never heard anything about rain. <laughs> Noah say it's gonna rain. So he's building something, all right, that looks strange, that looks different to the general, you know, architecture of the day. But he's building something for 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 what has not even appeared. For what may the Bible says, God will do that which eyes have not seen, ears have not heard it. But not to you. You must know what, amen. Eyes have not seen. You must know what ears have not heard. Why? Because you're prophetic. This is the essence of the prophetic. The day of the Lord does not catch you as a thief in the night. You don't find yourself running around when they come knocking. You open the door immediately because you're ready. This is what I'm talking about. So you, you look at the things that have been deposited in others that you need. All right? What are the things that I need to acquire? You look at them. You receive them. Amen. You, you align yourself. You, you adjust yourself. You, 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 you connect yourself to what will make you ready, effective, efficient. Amen. And prepare for that which is yet to come. So people are wondering, but what I what, what you know, people ask me, why do you why do you take so much time to pray? Why do you why <laughs> you don't understand? Allow me, please leave me alone. Because I'm seeing things that you're not seeing. I'm hearing things that you're not hearing. You understand? Hey, I remember back in those why are you disturbing? Okay, fine. If I'm disturbing you, I'll go somewhere else and do my prayer. You know, because you're seeing something, you're hearing something, you 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 you're you're feeling the footsteps of God coming. And you're adjusting, you're preparing yourself. Because listen to this. I always say things like this. I always make this statement. There are two seasons in your life. There's a season, amen, of preparation and the season of opportunity. Listen to this. When opportunity comes, it's not the time for, for you to go around and start getting prepared. No, it's too late. When the opportunity comes, it's not the time to go start, please borrow me. Why are you looking for borrow me? Sorry, the bridegroom has gone because that's what happened to the ten virgins. Well, they say, well, 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 uh, um, sorry, we don't have, uh, can you just give me some of your oil? They say, sorry, we can't afford to give you some. You go buy your own. While they went to buy, it was too late. So, you see, even at that moment, their money, their resource became useless. Because what you need money for, all right, has become obsolete. It's like buying something that cannot function to take you to the next season. <laughs> what would be the use of buying it? I gave us an example of, a, of, a, of, a, of an iPad that I got. A friend went to, you know, our sister went to Dubai, got an iPad for, for me. And, and I mean, I didn't know that, you know, because of course the iPad, my former iPad was, you know, was, uh, what do you call it now? was manufactured in, I think, 2012, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I, I've been using that, and of course, that thing is no longer working. So this person traveled, 
got me an iPad. We spoke on a phone. I said, okay, uh, this person said, because she also didn't know much about, you know, changing the iPad, iPad world. God help us with, you know, with, with, uh, um, you know, Apple, Apple product, the, the way, the way they advance and the, I mean, the way they change these things. So she just said, there's Apple Air. This Apple Air is better than Apple, Apple 4 is better than Apple 5, you know, so iPad 5. So why don't you, okay, I said, why don't you get me Apple Air? Apple Air, but I was thinking, could there be Apple Air one two? Because I know that when they bring out a product, there's always you know uh, 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 different grades. You know they will have you know Apple Air maybe one or two. But I just said okay, gave it to me. I mean she showed me, she sent me the picture. Everything looks nice. We checked everything on the outward. I mean I looked at the specs. They they look okay. But by the time you know I got the thing and I start using it for the kind of work I want to use it for. Only for me to be rejected. Sorry, they say you cannot download this app because your your app your your device is not strong enough. Instead of me weeping, I got a lesson of my life. As a good one, God gave to me. You've got to make your research. You've got to understand the season that you're living before you even begin to receive gifts. Before you even begin to, you know buy things you've got to understand lest you buy something that tomorrow or next tomorrow it becomes obsolete that is a powerful example about the things of the spirit you can you can be so relevant today and the next tomorrow listen to this you become obsolete because heaven has moved away from where you are today you can rejoice in this point they're like wow yes uh, can't you see we we <laughs> we are we've arrived why you are dancing and singing uh, you know you know how we do in church They've left you behind. They've moved to the next reality. All of the things that you thought, wow, powerful. They can be used again. So a system, a system, because of the advancement of a system, what you thought was okay and good is made obsolete. While everything still looks nice. Because listen, it's not, it's not about how the thing looks. It's not about how the thing looks. It's about what the thing can do for you. So I realized next time if you want to buy, you know, uh, you know, some device, Apple, particularly Apple product, don't just go for how the thing look. Check the specs, but don't just check the specs. You've got to check which item, which which model of item is there. You've got to go and check. Is it is it uh, 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 item 12, 11, 13, 14? So that's why you should be checking. <laughs> you understand? Because you see, the 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 the, the seasons of of, of the, the model of the season of the item would define and determine the specs, would determine the strength and the quality of what you're buying. What a lesson I learned. What a lesson we must learn in our day. And this is the idea of how we are growing and developing as a church, as the body of Christ. So the point is, if you know in part, you see, I knew in part, I knew in part, I knew what I wanted. You understand? But what I wanted has become obsolete to what amen, is required in terms of the specs that will allow me to move on with God. Oh, halalabashayanda. Are you getting the point? Are you getting the point? So we know in part, and therefore we are limited in our prof, in our prophetic in our expression. We prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. 
what is in part gives way it disappears it goes into oblivion it no longer functions. That which is part, amen, is done away because something, something greater, something better has come. They have shifted us. They have moved us on to a new reality that is called completeness. And that completeness is a reflection of the life that we're coming into in Christ until we come to the full expression, to the full maturity, amen, of Christ. That's our journey. Our walk, amen, is a walk of spiritual growth and development. In that development, everything that defines our system of existence, amen, is captured. We know in part and therefore we prophesy in part. If you remain in that part, your, your prophetic capacity will never go beyond that part. Because guess what? You like it or not, a day of completeness is coming. We don't need to wait for it. It's coming. <laughs> the kingdom of God is coming. Is that not what the Bible says? It says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Yes, the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. So there is a coming. You like it or not? You can wake up in the morning and not engage with God and carry on with life. Do your own thing. Just do whatever you want to do. The kingdom is coming. In the midst of the coronavirus, the kingdom of God is coming. In the midst of the shutdown, shutting down does not shut down, amen, the comings of the Lord. God is coming. We have to be like the virgins who are not asleep, who are awake earlier. We are to, we are to be, amen, prepared so that when that sound is released, we are the first to engage. This is what, amen, is required of us. This is what we need to do. This is, what, this is what we need to understand. This is how we need to connect with the things of the Spirit. Lest we are left behind, amen, in the first day expression of the things of God. We don't want to be left behind. We want to connect. We want to align our heart. We want to flow. We want to grow. We want to go on with the Lord. We want to live the elementary realities of life. We want to move to maturity. We want to be prepared in every area of life so that when, 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 that which we have been seeking and desiring finally come. I was trying to give you an example of John. Excuse me, of Peter. And that, I think that's what led me into the whole idea of seasons. Peter did not know that the season has changed. And therefore, in his, Peter was a professional fisherman. You understand that? Peter was a professional fisherman. They tried to fish in the night, which is the best period to fish. Fishermen will fish. Professional fishermen, they know that they do it in the night because at that period, all the fish, you know, they swim up because nobody disturbed them. <laughs> but guess what? Peter said, we've told all night, but we've caught nothing. We've caught nothing. So he's washing his nets, getting ready to go home. I mean, this is a man that his entire community, I guess, depend on his fishing. That's his economy. The economy is no longer functioning. Peter's world is coming to an end. Corona has shut him down. <laughs> Everything is like, if we don't fish, we're not going to get money. That means the children will not be able to go to school. So many things, it's not just going to happen. We've told our night and we've cut nothing. That's a huge statement. And Jesus came and said, borrow me your... Your boat. I need your boat. And I'm not going to start going to all of that. Because we need to begin to round up now. Peter said, okay. I have nothing to lose. Here's the boat. Go use it. Jesus used the boat. He came back. He said, now, thank you for 
allow me to use your boat. Now, I need you to launch back. But now I want you to go to the deep end. This is not the right time to fish. But Jesus just used, amen, his boat. You've got to understand what that means to you. If you allow Jesus to be the governor, to be the one in charge of your life, even where, where they say, all right, there's no road, things never going to work out. When he leads you there, he makes the road. He's, that's why they call him the way maker. He said, I will make a way in the desert. In the desert, I will make a way for you. I will cause water to spring forth in the desert. He said, it's time to begin to know this God, not just about him. So Peter said, but you don't understand. Master, I've told all night. I've caught nothing. Jesus said, ask, just obey. I said, okay, at your word, I will obey. I will let down my nets. But here's the point that I'm making. Because that's where we stop. You know, many times as preacher, we like that point. You know, yes, he obeyed. He caught fish. But here's the point. Peter began to catch a fish. The Bible says the net began to break. He said, what are you saying? Was Peter actually ready for a, for a catch? Was Peter actually ready, amen, for a mega, for a mega catch, for something huge? You see, when we get our life used to the little one, the little fish, the little income, the little blessing we get here and there, you know, just to survive, you know, just to survive. If you get, that's not going to work again. The days are changing. The seasons are changing. So what Jesus did was to give Peter earlier the kind of a miracle, the kind of a blessing, the kind of, you know, a prophetic increase in his life such that not only did it dwarf the mindset of Peter in terms of understanding breakthrough, but the, 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 the breakthrough actually brought him the concept of how Peter received to an obsolete. Say, sorry, your net is not even prepared for, for what you're praying for, for what you're seeking for. And that's the point. That's something the Lord has dropped in my heart for a while now. Many of us are seeking and praying for things that we're not even ready to contain. The Bible says the net began to break. And you think, well, that's good. <laughs> but guess what? Peter beckoned to others, say, guys, come assist me. Even the people that he beckoned unto. The Bible says, and their boat began to sink. It's just mind-blowing. But I'm tagging this, I'm connecting this, amen, to what God is doing in our day. We have to be forward-looking and we have to be optimistic. We have to have hope. We have to be able to see that what God is bringing us into as we yield, as we allow the Lord, amen, to take over our life, amen, as we embrace this new wineskin, this new reality of what the Spirit of God is emphasizing as we surrender ourselves, amen, not in, not in religion, but in relationship. That's where we started from. We're talking about, amen, the prophetic, the prophetic spirit, how to grow, how to develop in the prophetic this is beyond just dossier of the lord is your entire being flowing into the river amen of divine obedience 
as you as you yield yourself as you surrender yourself as you allow yourself to flow into the river of that which is is flowing from the presence of God something will begin to happen in your life and before that thing begin to happen I want to please warn you to change your net to change amen your boat whatever your boat is whatever your boat hallelujah represent whatever your net is you've got to recalibrate that thing because when God begins to move in your life when God begins to move through your life, you may just find yourself in need of something else in terms of, you know, capacity. So while this lockdown amen, is, 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 is buffeting men, no, it's time for you to adjust. Lord, increase me. All right. This is the time to pray, you know, the aspect, one aspect of the prayer of Jabez. Lord, increase me. All right? You're not Jabez and I'm not Jabez. You shouldn't be Jabez. But I like the other side of his prayer. Increase me, Lord. Increase my coast. Increase my capacity. Increase my, 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 my ability to understand what you're doing in this season. I said what God is doing in this season is that his kingdom is coming. His will is becoming pronounced in the earth. So we want to shift from knowing in path. All right? We want to shift from that understanding of what we know in part. We don't want to live our life in, in Gnostics. You understand, friends? We don't want to live our life in what the Greek call uh, Gnosko. We want to move into a dimension where we truly get to know Christ from a, a reality where we produce. Bible says, and Adam knew his wife. All right? And gave birth when we come to that reality where we have intimate relationship, like, like John had intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, that Jesus was able to commit something bigger, something great, something he never committed to any other person, not even to Peter, who was amen, the, the, the custodian of the revelation amen, of how the church was to be birthed. Not even Peter had that kind of connection. But John, amen, because he knew the heart of the Father, because he knew the mind of the Lord, because he was able to connect deep into the heart of Christ, the Lord committed something into the heart, into the hand of John. John, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. No wonder the key of revelation is given to John. This is the point. This is where the Lord, amen, Brought us into the last time. And this is the emphasy again. You see. Don't chase after some miracles. of What the gift can do. You've got to chase the heart of God. The more you chase. The more you chase the heart of God. The more God deposits. Amen. His, 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 his heart in you. The more God reveals. Amen. His intention. And whenever God reveals his intention. Guess what? He reveals his power. His dominion. If you touch God, you will touch, amen, his power. If you touch God, you will touch, amen, his spirit. If you touch God, you will touch his ways. You will touch, amen, the flow of his spirit. You will touch what is called the prophetic. You will touch what is called the apostolic. You will touch what is called, amen, the heart of a shepherd. You will touch what is called being creative. You will touch what David touched. You will touch what Daniel touched. Hallelujah. You will touch what Enoch touched. Hallelujah. You will become immortal. You will touch what, amen, Mary. Elizabeth, you will touch what Elizabeth touched, you will touch what you know what Esther touched. All these people that we we look at and we're like, wow. 
All of them at one point or the other touched the heart of the Father. It's from there that we begin to understand what the prophetic is. Because the prophetic is a way of life of those, of those who live by the Spirit. The prophetic is a way of life of those who live before the presence of God. We know in part. Therefore we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, that which is part is done away. Have you noticed right now that what we know in parts right now have been done away. It's been removed. We can't go back to those things again. This period has, 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 has made you know, total obsolete of some of the things that we used to know we used to operate with. Now God says, I want you to, to know me again. You've got to embrace me again from a new, from a new light. Right. As I round up, I'm quickly going to look at this uh, scripture, Revelation. Look at this. The revelation of Jesus. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him. I'm reading Revelation chapter 1. Because the entire order, the entire structure, the entire you know, panorama of what you read in the book of Revelation is just about two things. It's about the revelation of Jesus and what Christ himself is revealing. Is about the revelation of Jesus Christ and what he himself is revealing. So Jesus, we have to have a revelation of Jesus. And then when we have a revelation of Jesus, we begin to, re we begin to understand what Christ is revealing. The book of Revelation is not an historic book. It's a book of relationship. It's a book of vision. So for you to have relationship and vision, you have to, you have to connect to the spirit of the revealer. That's why the very word that began the book of Revelation with all of the things that you're going to be reading about, amen, that reflects, you know, some mysteries and mystics. Come on. They, 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 they are all about a person, an entity, a human being who ascended on high. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, gave to somebody. So revelation can be given, gave to him to show his servants. To show his servant what must soon take place. So you can see what must soon take place. That is, that is futuristic, right? What must soon take place. But this revelation of what must, must soon take place begins from the key of getting to know someone. So the revelation of Jesus Christ is the, is the key into the prophetic ministry. One of the dimensions, one of the nature of the prophetic is to reveal that which is to take place. All right? That which is to come. It has not happened, but it has already happened. All right? And we can begin to enter into, into that reality. In other words, we define the narrative of the future, not the Antichrist. Oh, come on. We define the narrative because the narrative, the, the reality of the future is in a person. <laughs> I always say the, the future is not an event. The future is a person. All right? It is the person that defines the narrative of the event. So in my world, amen, there are no antichrists there. <laughs> in my world, there is a Christ and his kingdom coming. And the more I get to know him, the more I get to walk in him, the more I get to understand Christ, the more, I'm, the more I am resourced, amen, to, to, to live to see another day. And if the next day that I live, amen, will be the day where the antichrist manifests, then I'm ready. 
I'm ready to engage. Just like, amen, just like David was ready. In that, that day he woke up, he never knew that there's going to be some crazy guy called, you know, uh, uh, you know, Goliath of Gath. No, he just woke up like woke up like any other normal day. All right, took the sheep, you know, to, to to graze. While he was doing that, the father called him, David. Yes, daddy, come, get a milk, get a cheese, get some bread, take it to your brother. All right, at the war at the war front. Yes, daddy. It was just like any other day. I say it was just like any other day for David. There was nothing special about that day. But David had had his time with God. David had had amen, his, his relationship. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure David must have sung some song to God that morning with his harp. He must, he must have danced. Amen. He must have been, you know, speaking to his, his ship. <laughs> you understand? He just stepped into the next reality of God's plan and purpose for his life. We're not, we're not afraid of the future. When we walk with God, we are not afraid of the future. Because the future is secured. In Christ. The future is never secure in crisis. No. The future is secure in Christ. David went to the back to you know to the battlefield. He saw what's going on. I said, Okay, guys. I see you guys have been have, have been so connected to Saul that everyone is afraid. Because when you when you get connected to Saul, you'll be afraid. When you see Goliath, you will run. <laughs> because Saul ran. David said, Well, I think I must help you guys. He won the day. You know the story. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel. Angel ascending and descending. You saw that in the, in the revelation of Jacob. All right, Jesus said to Nathaniel, you will see an angel ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. All right. Today, angels are descending and ascending upon us. We are representative of the Son of Man. All right. The Bible says he made it known by sending his angel to his servant. Who? John. Why John? Because John was the one, amen, who touched the heart of Christ. When you touch the heart of Christ, you touch the spirit of the prophetic. I'm going to round up here. Father, we thank you. When you touch the heart of Christ, you touch the spirit of the prophetic. Hallelujah. We honor you, Father. We glorify your name. What a fountain you've released again. What an outpouring of your spirit. He made it known by sending his angels to his servant, his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony. Of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. What a day. Oh, come on, friends. Give glory. 
Give glory to him. Who sits upon the throne. Give honor and glory to him. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this class. Thank you, Father, for this word. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for what your spirit has released again. So much to process from what you're saying to us. So much to learn. So much to connect to. So much required of us in divine adjustment. Oh, hallelujah. Let the spirit of prophecy fall on you. Let the spirit of the prophetic well up like a river, like a stream from the bowels of your innermost being. Let the angel of God touch your lips. Come on. Let your ears be unstopped to hear. May you be taking this day, yes, to the pool of Salome. Get a washing that you may see clearly. Receive the mind of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Be overwhelmed, be overwhelmed, be overwhelmed right now with the presence of God. We bless you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Prophecy. Prophesy. Because we know in part. We prophesy in part. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Worthy is the Lamb. We celebrate you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Hallelujah. Praise your name, O oh God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone, this afternoon for joining us in our prophetic leadership school. This is Zadok Prophetic Leadership School. I want to appreciate everyone this afternoon for connecting. Thank you so much, uh, Apostle Godfrey Lawrence. Thank you for connecting. We really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Sister Dione, thank you for connecting. Appreciate it. My dear brother, uh, Giwa, thank you, sir, for connecting. Sister Tina, thank you for connecting. Uh, uh, my dear sister Regina, oh, Lakey, thank you so very much. This is the first time I'm seeing you connect with us. Thank you so much. Nice to have you connect. I hope you've been uh, uh, nourished and uh, edified by this uh, teaching. Thank you, Brother Derek, for connecting. God bless you. Brother Steve, thank you, sir, for connecting. Thank you. Thank you, Howard, for connecting. So much appreciated. All right. And uh, my dear sister, my long, long old friend, Ruth, we were together in school back in the, in the 90s. Thank you so much. Really appreciate what God, amen, has continued to do in your life and in your family and, of course, the ministry. May God continue to bless every one of us uh, as we 
flow into that which God Amen is doing in our new in this new day. May we continue to walk in the newness of His Spirit. We will continue our teaching again tomorrow, fully by the grace of God. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. God bless you. Bye bye.